it was almost like I was living this, um, like Miley Cyrus double life, you know, cause you know, by day I'm in my cube talking on the phone, selling restaurant equipment by night, you know, I'm out playing in bars or I'm out playing music. We had some great opening gigs for Terry Clark and Gretchen Wilson and people that would come through town. And so I get to work one day and there's this voicemail and it's one of my clients and he's like, are you the same Jen Eads that I saw playing in the band that opened up for Gretchen Wilson? And I was like, yeah, I'm that same Jen. It was just that really weird. It just, I, I couldn't ignore it any longer. It was like, I need to figure this out and figure out what I'm supposed to be doing here. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Bree Noble, and I am so glad to be here with you on Female Entrepreneur Musician today. I'm glad you're tuned in, and I'm glad you're here to continue to learn with me how to make great music, how to connect with your fans, and how to grow your business. That is our mission on Female Entrepreneur Musician. And we have got a great show for you today. I had a great time talking to Jen Eads. She is a friend of mine, and we covered so many subjects, including how she got started in music, how she got out of the corporate world and jumped into a, an exciting career in music and other music-related things, um, how her podcast is going. She's got a podcast called The Brassy Broadcast, where she talks to females that work in the music industry. I always love listening to that. And we talk about networking and masterminds and how that can really move your business forward. And speaking of networking and masterminds, I've got something really exciting for you at femusician.com. If you go there and click on the training tab, you will see that we have something new that we're starting that is opening on May 18th. It's something really special for all of you female independent artists. So go check it out femusician.com slash training. And now I'm going to read the winning iTunes review that we chose this week. And this person will win some merchandise from our first guest on the show, Aaron Dickens. This review is from Diana Mitchell. She says, critical tips for musicians. I love that Brie tackles the business side of a music career. Really exciting advice here. Thanks so much, Diana. Now, if you can send me an email at brie at femusician.com, I will get you in touch with your prizes. And if you'd like to be in the running to win some prizes, go to iTunes, go find Female Entrepreneur Musician. Right now, as of this recording, we are number one on New and Noteworthy in the music section, so we should be really easy to find. Uh, go to the reviews and ratings section, and click on write a review and just leave a little bit of comment for us. Give us five stars if you think we deserve it and we will put you in the running to win some merchandise. And now I'm excited to introduce you to my guest and my friend, Jen Eads. Jen Eads is a musician, business owner, and host of the Brassy Broadcast, a weekly podcast where successful dames from across the music industry dish about the business of music. 
The common thread through her work in both podcasting and music is the desire to help others share their stories and voices. Three years ago, she walked away from her comfort zone and a steady paycheck to live her passion. Now here's my interview with Jen Eads. So that's a little bit about Jen. I want to find out, Jen, how did you get to where you are now with this editing business and your podcast? You know, what's been your background? That's a long, convoluted story. Um, I was actually a music and business major in college. and Me too. Yeah, and you're actually using it. Isn't it amazing when you can actually use your college degree <laughs> for something? Totally. Um, so I was a music and business major. And then uh, upon my graduation from Indiana State, I moved to Indianapolis because that's where all of my friends were and started working in the um, event industry. I worked for Aramark and worked at different venues around the city. So 25,000 seat amphitheater, basketball stadium, um, small theater. And so I did that for a while. And then ended up going into inside sales. And then one day I just couldn't work for the man anymore. So you just up and left. Well, I gave him my two weeks. Um, okay. But you just said one day, yeah, I, I just, it. and it wasn't like I had a breakdown. There wasn't something that made me mad. There wasn't that, you know, I hate my boss. I hate my coworkers. It was none of that. I loved my coworkers and I worked at a great company. I just wasn't fulfilled. And I felt like, I was put on this earth to do more than just sit and talk on the phone all day and, and sell stuff. That is, that's such a common entrepreneurial story. And whenever we get there, because I know that didn't happen early on for you, we always think, why didn't I do this earlier? Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, and I think a lot of it was just trying to figure out exactly what that was. You know, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, you know, I always had the music thing. It was, it was almost like I was living this... Um, like Miley Cyrus double life, um, you know, cause you know, by day I'm in my cube talking on the phone, selling restaurant equipment by night, you know, I'm out playing in bars or I'm out playing music. Um, we had some great, um, opening gigs for, um, like Terry Clark and Gretchen Wilson and people that would come through town. And so I get to work one day and there's this voicemail and it's one of my clients and he's like, are you the same Jen Eads that I saw playing in the band that opened up for Gretchen Wilson? And I was like, yeah, I'm that same Jen. And it was just that really weird, you know, so there's great music stuff happening and it just, I, I couldn't ignore it any longer. It was like, I need to figure this out and figure out what I'm supposed to be doing here. Wow. That's so funny when someone recognizes you, you're like incognito and then someone <laughs> finds out that you're living this double life. But then it's almost like, Oh, like I'm getting permission now. Like people know I've been found out and maybe now I can embrace yeah, that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. So how did you, so when you left and you weren't quite sure what you were going to do, how did you come into the idea of doing edit, audio editing for people and where did you develop those skills? Um, initially it started as I wanted to do, um, like audio branding. So write custom jingles and music beds for people to use and audio logos and things like that. And then there was a pivot because I figured out what I thought was my business wasn't really my business. Um, I actually got connected to a couple of nuns in Toledo that do this awesome, awesome podcast. And a friend of like a mutual friend of ours gifted them theme music. She was like, Jen, I need you to write theme music for, for this show. I'm like, 
oh, that's really cool. And so, you know, that relationship kind of developed from that. And then the sisters were like, hey, Jen, um, we can edit this podcast, but it's maybe not the best use of our time. Is that something that, you know, you'd be willing to do? I was like, oh, well, I never thought about that. Absolutely. I would totally do that. And it just kind of started me down this whole podcasting road. And then I became obsessed with them. I'm like, well, I want to do a podcast and I want to learn how to do all of this stuff and then help other people launch their own podcast because what a great way to get your voice out and into the world. Oh, definitely. Obviously, since here we are on a podcast, I totally (laughs) agree with that. I'm just curious. Do you know how the nuns got into podcasting? You know, I really don't know how that happened, but they just kind of they're everywhere. I mean, they're big in social media and the podcast and like live streaming uh, some of the podcasts that they do. Like they do these mother house road trips and they live stream. Like I walked into one um, because they actually happen to be around Indianapolis where I am. And I walk in and like they've got the camera set up and the table. And I'm like, it looks like ESPN Sports Center or something like you know, they've got the headphones on. You're just waiting for Charles Barkley to walk in or something. That is so awesome. I love that they're like bringing this into the mainstream and, you know, embracing all the ways that they can get their message. Yeah. Out and I was just kind of like, I want to do that. So that kind of started me down that path. So how do you think the podcast fits into your overall kind of business model? Or do you just do it because you love it? It's kind of both. Um, It fits into the business model for 317 Sound Design because I can actually show people this is what it would sound like. Um, This is what it's done for me. I'm sure we can replicate that and and probably make it even better for you. Um, So it's really just a great tool for me because I can give... I can give data based on what my actual results have been. I I guess technically I should probably be doing a podcast about podcasting, but there's already a lot of really good podcasts about podcasting. And although I'm fascinated by it and I love it, I really wanted to talk to people about something that I'm passionate about, which is music and entrepreneurship and business and technology and kind of how all of that comes together. So that's why I started the Brassy Broadcast so I can actually talk to women working on the business side of the music industry and find out, you know, what's made them successful, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what have they learned in their careers and just kind of share those stories and really use it as a platform to build a community. I love that because I mean, as you said, there's a million good podcasts about podcasting. So you don't need to yeah. be doing that. You're just basically showing them an example of what a good podcast is. And on top of that, you're building a community, you're helping people. And obviously, I totally agree with your mission because that's very similar to what I'm doing here on this podcast. How, what kind of feedback have you gotten on the podcast? Have you, have you had any people, you know, asking questions or, you know, identifying with certain guests, really enjoying certain content? Yeah, it's been uh, really positive, the feedback that I've received so far. People seem to like the show. They're sharing it on social media. Um, I'm getting some great feedback like, oh, that was, you know, that was a really great episode. What the guest said really resonated with me. And I think that's, you know, that's what you want. You want people to kind of you, you want to put something out there that's going to resonate with people that they're going to going to actually get something out of listening to. Isn't it great when you get that feedback? Because sometimes as a podcaster, because it's a one way thing, you're just kind of like, hello, 
cool. Like, is anyone yeah. listening? You know, and you hope that someone will, because it takes effort for somebody to give you a comment or leave you a speak pipe message or, you know, all the things that really give us that feeling like we're really helping yes. people. And they might be thinking it in their mind, but you know, we right. don't know. It's made me more aware as an actual podcast listener to make me want to go out. And if I hear something great, I'll go tweet about it, you know, and then, and then mention that yeah. person because I do want them to know, I want them to continue because I'm consuming that content and getting something out of it and I find value in it. So number one, I want to share that, but I also want to tell the person that's creating it, Hey, this is really awesome. Please keep doing it because I know that consistently putting a high quality podcast out can be a total pain. Oh, <laughs> I mean, let me from coming from someone who does a five yeah. podcast plus this one. It is. It's a lot of work. You have to plan a huge chunk of time to get things done. And so, yeah, just getting even just like that one review that says this is so needed. I mean, I've gotten a few reviews on this podcast that are like, this is a demographic that's not being served. Thank you so much. And, you know, and I'm just like, yay. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the reason, another reason why I focus specifically on, you know, women and the music industry is I couldn't find a podcast like that. Like I couldn't find exactly what I wanted. So I was like, well, screw it. I'll just go make my own. That's what you do in business. You find a hole yeah, and you fill exactly. it. So do you think when you've been doing all these interviews with women, have you seen any kind of commonality of like certain specific frustrations that women deal with in, in the industry or certain challenges that are specifically to women? I think sometimes that they get pigeonholed, that maybe they're only going to be good for certain jobs to where, oh, if they're going out on the road, with a tour, they're probably just working in, you know, wardrobe or maybe publicity. You know, these women have maybe started in, and worked in those areas, but have done such a good job of not getting pigeonholed because they look around and they see what needs to be done. Yeah, I think that we can be put in situations that we have to push through sometimes. Like I, I was on another podcast talking about that because it was about women in business and talking about how I worked in a place that was kind of the uh -huh. old boys club. And I was the only, only female on the executive yeah. team. And I, th I think you, you can get marginalized sometimes, but that doesn't mean we can't overcome that. And I think enough people are overcoming it that, it, that it's being oh, changed, definitely. but I think it's still there, you definitely. know? Well, and I'm really seeing that now that I'm talking to all these women and getting connected that you don't necessarily hear about it because I think maybe as women, I don't know that bragging is the right word, um, but maybe we're not necessarily out there promoting what we're doing all the time and talking about it. But these women are doing amazing, incredible things in the music industry and nobody's necessarily talking about them really. So uh, hopefully I can kind of shine, shine a light on, on some of the really cool things that they're doing. I think it's great. I mean, I've heard people on your show that I didn't know were doing what they're doing. And I'm so impressed, yeah. you know, people that I thought I knew as artists and I'm like, wow, you have this whole business. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's fun. And I love it when I get to talk to artists that are, you know, they've got definitely the artist thing going on, but there's all this other stuff that they're doing as well that are maybe other revenue streams and things like that. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, it, because I think sometimes I'm guilty of actually pigeonholing people just as artists, you know? 
And then you have that right. conversation. And you're like, oh, gosh, isn't she smart? You know, well, that's why I, you know, that's one of my things with starting this show is I want people to realize there are so many ways they can make income as a musician. And it's not just about selling CDs and having yeah, gigs. Exactly. You need to think outside yeah. of the box. I want to be Dolly Parton and have a theme park. I mean, who doesn't want that? Oh, <laughs> that would, that be, would cool. be like roller coasters and everything. Oh my gosh. So I'm curious, how has networking helped you in number one, you know, getting guests for your podcast? And then how has that spilled over into your other business of, of editing and of, you know, just being a musician? It's been huge. I mean, really without networking, I would not have had some of the guests that I've had on the show and some of the upcoming uh, guests that I've been connected to. Um, it's kind of a make or break thing. You know, you can always send out like a cold email to somebody. Hey, you know, I'd really like to have you on my podcast. And you may get a response or they may think that you're some crazy random person. But like you have been huge in hooking me up with some guests, you know, and oh, I really you. appreciate that. I think we're all just trying to get connected and, and help each other out. And it's really been great to just kind of find a community and, you know, kind of find my people. I think that's true. If you find people that are just out to help other people, because I personally, I love yeah. to help other people. Like why, why would I keep this information to myself when I could use it to exactly. help somebody? Exactly. So how do you use social media in that way to network with people? Um, I love uh, the Go Girls Twitter chat on Thursday afternoon is, and I think they do it Thursday evening as well. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do because you get, they usually have a specific topic and you can kind of see, you know, what other people's thoughts are and you can communicate and connect with other people that way. And I've actually had guests come on the show that I got connected to through just doing a Twitter chat. You know, I've heard that from other podcasters too, that they've met people through the Twitter chat, which is amazing to me because I've never been on the Twitter chat. I've been on one of their Facebook mm -hmm. chats. And for me, it, it moves so yeah. fast that I have a hard time keep, keeping up. Do you, do you oh, find completely. that? Yeah, I struggle. Um, so I kind of have to go back and read and reread and then stuff's coming in. I'm like, oh, I didn't get my tweet out fast enough. And yeah. Uh-huh. Like somebody already answered the question that I answered, yeah. you know. I'm like remedial tweeter, I think. Um, yeah, but it's too. cool because then you can find other people, you know, to follow and, you know, send direct messages to and kind of start conversations that way, too, if you had maybe, you know, a follow up question later or something. So that's true. I met several great artists when I was on the Facebook chat and they've they're people that are connected to a lot of people, I find. So the people that get involved with these chats, I think, are are good networkers yeah. and they're good people to be connected to because they they they're working. it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what about online communities? Like, for example, certain Facebook groups or other online communities for artists. How, how do you use those to network? Um, some of the podcasting communities that I've been involved with have been huge. Um, just, again, to either connect with potential guests or just to get questions answered or just to feel like you're not alone in whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's you know, starting a podcast or, you know, you're an independent musician. It's really great to have that community. And it's been good. I mean, I've gotten business out of networking on Facebook communities for podcast editing, which has wow. been fantastic. 
Well, in, in fact, we met in a podcast. Yes, we did. Community. Yeah. <laughs> that started this whole mess. So you never know. So, so how do you think musicians specifically can use these kind of communities? I mean, I, I, I agree that it does help them feel like they're not alone and they're facing the same problems. But do you think they can actually get answers to their questions in these communities? They can develop relationships that can somehow help them in their career? Oh, absolutely. Um, because chances are, especially if you're just starting out, somebody's probably already had, you know, the challenge or obstacle that you're trying to overcome, or, you know, maybe it's a technical issue or you've got a question about, you know, guitars or microphones or something like that, something pretty specific. Somebody out there probably already knows the answer and has had some kind of experience with that. Um, so I think for getting questions answered, it's great. I think it's great for, you know, if you're looking to tour, it's great to have those connections in other cities, you know, because hopefully then you've got enough of a relationship established that maybe people have listened to your music and they're like, oh, hey, my buddy so-and-so is coming and playing this venue here in town. I'm going to get a bunch of my friends to go out and support her. And I think, uh, why shouldn't we do that? I think we can all elevate the, the indie community if we're helping each other in these ways. And, the, and these communities are a place to connect. And I, I really believe in the power of this because when I was struggling, I got into a small community that was all done by email back in the day. Cause this was like before Facebook was yeah. really big. And I learned so much about just asking questions about things I was confused about or struggling with. And to some other people, they weren't a big deal cause they had already figured yeah, it out. Exactly. And I didn't have to waste my time and my brain power and stress out when I could get the answers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's one of the things so, that it's great for. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of that. So musicians, listen up. I'm telling you from experience that being in a group of musicians would be so helpful for you, for your career. So I wanted to ask about accountability because in some of these groups, they have a specific program where they set people up as accountability partners. And then sometimes, you know, you can just seek them out on your own. And I've experienced having an accountability partner where you kind of get together with on a weekly basis to check in where you're at and, you know, maybe go through some ideas, do some brainstorming has been really helpful to me. Have you had that experience as well? Oh, completely. Can I say, can I say who my accountability partner is? You can. It's free. <laughs> and it's awesome because I actually, if I know that we're having a conversation, I will probably wait till the last minute, but I will get the stuff done that we talked about that I was going to get done before our next conversation. So it's been yeah. huge to actually make me take action. And then just having somebody to bounce some ideas off of, because I think that we get so wrapped up in like what's going on in our little world that you need that set of outside eyes or ears to look stuff over and just say, um, you might want to tweak this or, you know, maybe you could say this differently or, you know, whatever that is. But yeah, accountability has been huge for me. I think that's so true. And for musicians, it would be so helpful just to even have somebody to like say, you know, oh, I redid this part of my website. Can you look at it for me and see what you think? Because they're not going to be all wrapped up in, you know, all the trouble that you took to do it and all the things that were hard for you. They're going to look at it like an outsider and say, well, you know, this part looks good, but this part still needs work. And I don't really understand what you're saying in your bio here about this. It doesn't or or your bio is just not very yeah. interesting or, you know, you need someone to really have that 
that outside and, and you can you can get that by hiring a PR person, but why not do it for free? Yeah. And, you know, have that mutual relationship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, help each other out. You know, it's great to have. The other thing I like about it, too, is that not only am I getting stuff out of it, you know, hopefully you're getting stuff out of it as well. And I like that kind of give and take of that accountability relationship. Oh, for sure. I'm definitely getting a lot out of it. I'm always having you like, go look at this. (laughs) Tell me what you think this looks like, you know. And, you know, do you think my show notes are good enough? And, you know, so it, yeah, it's really helpful because sometimes I can ask my husband and be like, sure, that looks <laughs> fine. But, you know, he has no idea. He's not in the music right. business. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do things online very much. He's a professor. Yeah. He's just, he's just, you know, he wants to make me feel good about it. And so I say, sure, that's good. But, you know, you need someone that would really be honest right, with you. Exactly. And I think in music that can be good too. I, you can ha- I used to have actually an accountability partner in a way where I would run my songs by them and they would give me an honest feedback. You know, well, I really like your, your chorus, but your verse really needs work. It's kind of wandering, yeah. you know, and I can be so beneficial in- instead of like writing this song and then spending all this money making a demo of a song that really still needs right, work. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it may not always be like the most pleasant conversation, but I would much rather have that, especially where a song is concerned and have other suggestions and explore some other avenues with it instead of thinking I've got this really great song and then I spend this money and I record a demo and it's just not that great. So I'm curious, since you're somewhat of an editing guru, and I really think you are, I think your editing is fantastic. I'm a lot more lazy than you are when it comes to editing, but I would love to get your advice for musicians on what they can do from home to create a good solid demo. Like what kind of equipment do they need that they can do kind of on the bare bones level, but it's still going to sound like something that I would actually air on Women of Substance Radio. Well, I think the really great news is that you don't have to spend just a ridiculous amount of money. There's actually a website and a, um, an email that I subscribe to. It's called um, The Recording Revolution. And this guy, Graham, he actually talks specifically about how to record on a budget. Um, yeah, it's therecordingrevolution.com. And he's always sending emails out with tips and and things like that um, and free articles and videos. Um, You know, get a decent microphone. It doesn't have to be like some $5,000 microphone. Just get something that's decent. Uh, I'm a fan of GarageBand. I mean, that's kind of what I started out with because I'm a Mac girl. So GarageBand was there. It was great. And then I ended up... uh, transitioning over to logic, which I absolutely love. And I use that for all of my music recording as well as the podcast stuff, but make sure that don't try to wait and fix it in the mix. I think that's a big mistake. And I find even like with the podcast editing stuff, like maybe the quality is not great because you know, there are definitely challenges with Skype, uh, sometimes. And so I'm like, Oh, you know, I can just probably fix that later. And it's like, no, I should probably really try to fix that before I, you know, before I even move forward with this interview or, or whatever it is. So yeah, just really try to work to get the, the best sound to when you start out with and trust your ears. Uh, the other thing is, is listen to it on, don't just listen to it through like your studio monitors, run it, send yourself an MP3, listen to it on your headphones, like your earbuds, listen to it in your car 
and make sure that it sounds good and everything sounds, you know, all the parts sound clear on all of those different things. Or you need to go back and, and kind of work on your mix a little bit. Yeah, I remember in the old days being in the studio, I like in the 90s, and they would download a mix to a CD and we'd all like this is when I was in a big group from college that we were recording a CD. We all went out into yeah. the car and put the CD in the car and listened to it. And they're like, oh, no, the drums are too yeah. loud. You know, I think that's really like the best test is go drive around and listen to it in your car. And if it's not good, then redo that's it. funny. Do you have a specific microphone that you would recommend that's kind of in a affordable level? Um, I actually, for most of what I do, I use just, uh, Sennheiser, um, hang on, let me see what the number is on it because it's the same mic that I use for when I go out and play gigs. It's a Sennheiser 835. So it's okay. nothing super expensive. It takes a beating, literally. Like I just throw That's it always in. Good yeah. for I mean, gigs, I throw yeah. it in the bag and I'm on my way. So, um, but I use it for the podcast. I use it. I mean, I've also got a condenser mic. Sometimes I think, I feel like the condenser mic is too good. Like I don't necessarily want it to maybe pick up some, some of the stuff because I'm it not a great singer. It is so sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> I have a condenser. I'm using one right now. And it is sometimes like, I don't want it to hear that mouth noise in, you know, there's like extra spit yeah. in the corner of my mouth or something and you yeah. can hear it. Like, Oh, that condenser, that, that's kind of out of my league. I'm just going <laughs> to sing in this bar mic. You know, that's, that's my comfort level. And I know because I've used it for years, like I'm very comfortable with where it needs to be and how far, you know, the distance and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I just got my little Sennheiser bar mic. It's funny. And how did you learn how to do all this editing? Did you just like get the software and just figure it out? Or did you read any books or go to any um, classes? I've read books. Um, I'm always reading magazines and trying to stay up with what's current. But what I did, like after I quit working for the man, I was like, gosh, I really don't know how to, you know, mix all this stuff and edit and, and, and use the software. I mean, it was kind of overwhelming. Um, so I actually took classes through Berkeley music online. I learned so much taking those classes. Like I, I couldn't do what I do now with any confidence had I not done those probably. Everything was broken down. It was clear. There were projects that were due. There was feedback from the professor and your fellow students. And then there was like a weekly chat. So if you had questions, you know, you could definitely ask him. So it felt, it didn't feel like you were doing it on your own. Like it definitely felt like you were part of a class. It was really cool. It was a great experience. Yeah. There, there's that accountability yeah. thing again. I mean, like if you just do it on your own, sometimes you'll just get frustrated and give up. But if you've got this thing, look, you have to turn in the project every week and, you know, and you can go and ask questions every week, then you're going to have more success probably. Yeah. And it was one of the classes I took, we actually would go through and like listen to, like Steely Dan or Sting or, you know, we'd have specific listening assignments and kind of have to map out where everything was in the mix and what all the instruments were. And it was wow. hard. I mean, like you try to do that to yeah. a Steely Dan record, you know, cause there's, oh they're, they're so good. So we are almost out of time, but I want to ask you, how can people get in touch with you? How can they listen to your podcast? And also, can you give them like a few episodes that you think they'd really enjoy that have been your favorites that they should look up on your oh, website? Definitely. Uh, the website is brassybroad.com. And I'm on Twitter at brassybroadgen. And there's also a brassybroadcast Facebook page. 
Um, let's see. Some of my favorite episodes. Uh, one might be with Bree Noble, founder of Women of Substance Radio. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, that was a great one. I love that. Um, there's been an, an interview that I did with Arielle Hyatt that was fantastic. That has had a lot of traffic. Uh, she was just great. She talked a lot about some of the things that we do, like how we can get out of our own way and actually be successful. So uh, a lot of people like that one. There've been a couple artist interviews. Um, Jenny DeVoe was actually a two-part interview because. That would be my number one pick. I love Yeah, she just like, she just shared so much. And I was like, hey, we're getting two episodes out of this. This is fantastic. Um, so that was really fun. And it was nice because that was actually, we were sitting in the same room together and it feels like there's just a different energy being in the same room as opposed to just being on Skype. So yeah, Jenny's was really great. Oh, uh, Stacy from RSP entertainment marketing. She was on, she was a blast. Yeah. I don't know. They're kind of like all like your kids. It's hard to pick a favorite. I like Lisa Brigantino's interview about, about yeah. life. That was yeah, it was. It was. Oh, and then um, Kate from Harry Fox Agency was also on. We talked a lot about like what they do specifically and how they can help artists, which I thought was really cool. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of artists really just need that. information. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's great because the it's the topics are kind of all over the place. So just go check it out. Find There's something for everyone. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for this interview. I think that this information is going to be so helpful, especially about the networking and communities and accountability. I just hope the musicians really take this to heart because it's been so helpful for us, yeah. I know. And it's it's fun kind of talking to you in this more formal thing instead of when I'm on my walk every <laughs> Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah, this has been great. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Talk right, to you soon. Thanks. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Bree Noble and music by Stella Ronson.